Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are recapping day one of the 2022 NFL Draft. We are coming to you with our favorite hauls and our biggest winners of the night, whether it's singular picks, couple of picks, what GMs were able to do, a lot of wheeling and dealing up and down the draft. We're going to talk about the major storylines as well. We're going to get into some of the things that we liked and didn't like. It was a major shakeup for a lot of teams throughout the NFL. We're going to try to go through as many as possible, give you our thoughts on what happened after day one of the NFL draft. I am Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. NFL Stock Exchange Podcast, a bonus episode this week. Well, because it was a freaking NFL draft this week. We are here to recap everything after round one of the 2022 NFL draft. I am Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. We are both fresh off sitting at a desk talking about the NFL draft for what was it, Connor? Five hours straight, six hours straight. It is we into the night at this point. We're a little bit loopy, but look. That makes for the best podcast, the best reactions. We're not going to hold anything back talking about the winners, losers, our favorite picks, our least favorite picks, who got better, who didn't. Connor, whew, what a wild ride that was. I feel like a lot of the players we thought were going to go round one went round one, but maybe not in the spots we thought that they were going to go. Yeah, I think that's right, right? I think it was, you know, you were prepared for almost everyone. Even even Quay Walker, um, we kind of knew he was going round one. It was just a matter of, like, can he really be the first linebacker taken, right? But Cole Strange was the surprise Jeez. for me. I know. <laughs> if it thought... was anybody but Bill, I'd kill the pick. Yeah. Because he's the GOAT. Yeah, and, you know, it was funny. My cop from before the draft was, like, a Joe Tooney light like the light version, not like Joe Tooney, but like, you know, the, it kind of stylistically. So I was like, oh, of course. So, <laughs> oh, of course. Of yeah. Course. The, you know, no Malik in the first round. I, you know, he's probably pretty disappointed. Um, yeah, that was, that was a little surprising considering his talent and how much we've heard about him for a long time. And then outside of that, you're right, Trevor, everything kind of went, maybe not according to plan order and team wise, but the players you expected to be the first round players went. Linderbaum even got in there. And then you have guys like Nicobe Dean uh, that are still waiting for their name to be called. But it was it was the most fun I've ever had doing a draft. I thought the wide receiver trades and the teams moving around, Dude. Um, you know, and I have some winners here, obviously, really. And, and no coincidence, two of my three winners did make big moves uh, up and it was a lot of fun to watch it all go down. It's hard. To, it's hard to not have the teams that made multiple selections being in the winners yeah. because it's just they're they're picking up a lot of good players and i felt like a lot of teams really did a lot of great stuff i, I want to shout out our friends over at jock market that's jock mkt uh, they're the presenting sponsor of this podcast before we get to, into our winners and losers their motto stop betting start trading it's such a really cool way to get some extra skin in the game if you're into betting but instead of betting teams you're betting on players you're betting player performance that's why it's like fantasy sports but it's a little bit different. You're buying the stocks. If you think somebody's got a juicy matchup, go in, throw some money on them, and you could have a big payout when the night is done. All shares have guaranteed cash payouts at the end of the night. If you deposit right now with promo code PFF, you're going to get $100, 100% back on a match deposit up to $100 over at jockmkt.com backslash PFF. Also, the Jock Market app. I am not going to go through every single pick that was made in this draft. If you guys are not? listening, to, uh, no. No. <laughs> 
Uh, if you guys are listening to this, we guys, been, it's two in the morning. Right, we'd be, here, we'd be here way too long. You guys know who was picked where. So instead, we're just going to cherry pick a little bit, talk about some of our favorite picks, our favorite fits, some storylines, some big things to happen because we had some player for pick trades as well. Connor, I'll start with you. A big winner. Give me a big winner that you had from night one of the NFL draft. The New York Giants and oh, I thought you were going to go with the Jets. Uh, I, I mean, gonna... I re- I really wanted you to because okay. I, I didn't purposely on our Bleacher Report show. Thank God Felder did. Um, so I'm going with both New York teams, and so I'll just pair them here together. And I have another team that's not a New York team to keep my bias away. So everybody that is not a Jets fan listens to this pod doesn't hate me. I'm sorry. I really do. You bias toward the New York Giants? Like no, is the great like is the greater good for New York just just good in general? No, 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 no. I don't hate the Giants. Like that's not like growing up a Mets fan, you traditionally do not like the Yankees. Sorry, Yankee fans. It's not like that with the Giants. You're just kind of like, oh, whatever. We like see you once every four years. Um, and you have the Snoopy Bowl in the preseason, which is just a colossal disaster all the time. Wait, it's so called the Snoopy Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why? I actually like don't even know where that originated from. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's it's like I said, this is okay. not a this is now not exactly to, now, the subway now, series. Now I have to look this up. While yeah, please you, do. Uh, it's explain. sad that I don't know that. It's show you where my mush brain is. So the Jets and the Giants, to me, man, they did well. They did really well. I mean, when you look at it, the Giants needed to lay a ground floor. Uh, I, I said on the show that they, they just kept trying to put a roof over nothing with Dave Gettleman. And in this era, they start things off by getting a trench player on each side of the ball. That's a difference maker for Evan Neal. He's going to come in and be a really good right tackle, a reliable pass protector and a strong drive blocker on the defensive side. I think there's more risk with KT, but you know how much I like him. I know you like him a lot. I think it was worth a gamble at five. You know, you didn't take him at one. You took him at five. So for the right. Giants, I love the building blocks in the trenches. I'll, I'll wait a little bit. I'll let you go before I get to the Jets as well. And my other team, Adam, I am very excited to talk about. Um, I've been excited for the direction of this team after they've been in the basement for a long time. So that's the one I'm excited. But the Giants here laid a ground floor. Uh, they didn't have to move. They've just done a really, really good job. And I think that's going to be the Joe Shane era. I think it's going to be slow and steady. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to eventually help them win the race. When you think about the potential outcomes for the New York Giants, coming away with Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal was very high in the power rankings of possibilities. Oh, I Crazy. think like the the only higher possibilities would have been maybe Kayvon at five and either Derek Stingley or Charles Cross, just because I had them rated on my big board higher than Evan Neal, but the Evan Neal pick also makes so much sense because he played right tackle, right? That That's the part that makes a ton of sense. He's already got the background at right tackle. You don't have to risk an unknown of moving either Iki Aquanu or Charles Cross or whoever it was going to be over to the, to the right side of the line. I know Aquanu wasn't there when the Jets were picking at seven, but just for any of those guys, Evan Neal was always the easier projection to right tackle because you've seen it. So Outside of them also getting Stingley maybe right there with one of those two picks of five and seven, this was one of the best-case scenarios for Joe Shane and the New York Giants. They did a fantastic job making the most out of five and seven. I know they wanted to trade back. We talked about that plenty in the pre-draft process. But I think that they looked at this situation and said to themselves – of course, we would like to spread out our impact on the draft in next year too. But these are two really damn good football players that we have a chance to get on our team. And that, Connor, for as much as there is the game of it, navigating the right way and everything, that is what it is all about. 
getting yep. damn good football players. And I think Joe Shane did an amazing job in his first job or in his first uh, his first draft in the GM seat for the New York Giants. The team that I wanted to point out first is my big winner is the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that's the one. The Philadelphia Eagles went into tonight with picks 15 and 18. And they walked out with Jordan Davis and A.J. Brown. Now, of That's course, crazy. there were there are other little picks later in the draft that went into this, and they're giving A.J. Brown a massive four-year, $100 million extension. But they made their football team, again, like getting back to the simplicities of what this weekend is all about, the Eagles made their football team massively better with what they were able to do with their picks because sometimes it's not just about the players that are in the draft pool when you are on the board at the time. Sometimes it is about maximizing the value of that draft pick, which could go elsewhere in the league to some already established players. The Eagles had the cap space. They went out. They got themselves A.J. Brown. And how many times, Connor, did we have the Eagles drafting a wide receiver with one of these first-round picks? All the time. All the time. Ev- almost every time. I tell you every time. Would you rather have A.J. Brown or one of these wide receivers in the draft? I think the proven commodity of A.J. Brown's probably at the top, or at least there's certainly an argument against any wide receiver in this class, even thinking about them on a rookie contract versus A.J. Brown and an extension. So for the Eagles to be able to do this, thought it was fantastic by Howie Roseman, very aggressive with the Philadelphia Eagles, going up and get a unicorn of a defensive lineman in Jordan Davis, having faith in how good of a football player he is, kind of pushing position of value to the side, which is hilarious for a team that won't pick a linebacker when they need one. But go get Jordan Davis. Go get AJ Brown. I love this haul for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the the tired theory was... Take a linebacker, you goons. And then the wired theory was We told him to grow up. We told him to grow up. Take Jordan Davis so nobody ever breathes near your bad linebackers. And it's gonna work. Um no, it was cool. I mean, we had Jason Kelsey on with us and he was just screaming. I saw it. I saw it. He's an unbelievable human. Uh great tape grinder, but even better entertainer. So it was cool, man. I mean, it was the Eagles killed it. Eagles would be my number one team like you had here. I think it was they were aggressive getting aj brown i mean how about the titans by the way i i don't want to get too deep Dude. into that well right now or do we do this yeah i think we sure. do this. Well, yeah, think we, we do we, we gotta stick, we're we're gonna it. stick yeah, with it we gotta keep it. it's topical yeah we're doing it uh brutal. It, brutal it's bad it's bad and it's you know you're looking at somebody for over here that i really like Traylon burks but i like Traylon burks as a player that you know is going to be a piece for somebody in, in maybe year number two i, I think you were the number one seed in the AFC. You were the number one seed in the AFC. And you tra- it's to me, it's bad business, Trevor. And I understand every team's playing the, oh, you weren't prepared for the wide receiver market to look like this, and guys get 25 mil. Man, it's you read the Vrabel quotes. I know coaches lie. I know GMs lie. I'm not killing them for that. I get it. I don't think I, he was lying. It's a, yeah, good point. He, I don't think he was lying, man. He said, they, they asked him, and what Connor's talking about is they asked him, what do you think about the A.J. Brown trades? Do you think that there's a possibility of A.J. Brown getting traded? And he said, not as long as I'm head coach. And I don't know if you saw – did you see the clip afterwards, no. Connor, when you got off? So no. they they had the camera on the war room. Immediately. <laughs> I'm serious. It's all in choice. I wish I did. They had the camera on the war room for Mike Vrabel. And when oh they officially traded A.J. Brown – he didn't like cause a scene, but he got up out of his seat. Oh, Vrabel's a body language guy. And he walked to the end of the room and he's he was he was effing pissed, man. He was pissed. 
He know he, he knows his football team got objectively worse this weekend. How can you not? And man, it's just it's one of those situations where I don't really. If you're in that locker room, you're looking around, and and I know a lot of NFL guys are not built. They're built way better than this. But me personally, I look around and I just go, you know what? Where are we right now? What are we right? doing? We've been close. We've been dang close for a couple of years now, and. That's a dude entering his prime. He's a great dude. He's a special player. I don't know, man. You need special players to elevate middle tier, middle of the pack quarterbacks, and that's yep. what Ryan Tannehill is. And it's a tough sell for me. It's a really tough sell for me. I don't. I didn't like that. I, I think, didn't like that at all. I think the Titans are in for a major regression this year coming up. I, I I'd imagine the sports books are going going to skew you that way. All right, so I'll get into. Um, my winner number two of three and it is the it is the jets and i hate to I hate to do this because i'm i'm a pretty pragmatic uh jets observer <laughs> should i say that i think um it, you know i'm pretty honest with this team trevor i joke with you all the time i was i was shocked they took sauce in the top five and i love sauce he was a top seven player for me so it was like whatever i don't mind the player i was definitely shocked they took a corner you guys know i've been saying icky for a long time obviously they believe in beckton but I never thought Garrett Wilson would be there at 10. I've been saying Garrett Wilson's going a lot earlier than people think. He makes it to 10. They take him. I think they would have taken Drake London if he was there, but he went mm-hmm. eighth to the Falcons. And Garrett Wilson and Sauce is a good draft, right? I like those guys a lot. They're good players. The reason they're a winner, though, is because they went back in and got Jermaine Johnson. And I heard that they were trying to get back in basically from pick 15 for Jermaine Johnson, and they just couldn't wow. get in. They just could not get in. Nobody wanted to get out uh, for the price they were willing to pay. Hmm. And they, they got in at tw- what they, 26. Do you remember 26. off the top of your head what they ended up getting? Or what what did they trade? So they sent 35, 69, um, okay. and 163, I think. Okay. And they got, they, got, they got back 101 um, along right. with 26. It was a pretty even trade on the points chart, which is not always the case with trading up. And they got Jermaine. And... You know, I know, I know people. Some people are lower on Jermaine. I don't think anybody looked at Jermaine Johnson at pick twenty six. And I said, was going to say, I don't know how you could watch Jermaine Johnson and think that twenty six is bad range for him. Man, I mean, high floor run defender, good pass rush, pass rush plan, a good tester. This guy, man, it was he waited a long time, waited longer than I thought he should have went. And, and the Jets are a very, uh, uh, they've been abysmal as a pass rushing team. And, and if Carl Lawson is back healthy and they got Jermaine Johnson, they're they're finally on to something. I'm not, you know, preaching that the Jets are ready for the playoffs or a contender in the AFC. They're just trying to be competent. And right. it, you you tell any draft fan, hey, you got Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson. That's you got to feel really good about that. Hey, they're picking up a crap ton of talent, man. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that. I love to see it. I absolutely loved it. They were without a doubt a winner for me as well. You love when you navigate the draft in that regard because. You know, you're sitting there and you're the Jets, and even if you and I had a lot of conversations about whether or not that they would take a corner at four, and I think the conversation shifts a little bit, especially over the last week when you realize that there's going to be a lot of corners that are going to go in the first round. And really the only projected corners that we didn't get in this first round are Andrew Booth and Kyler Gordon. Well, Kyler Gordon, I think, didn't, test as well as people wanted him to. So there's kind of maybe limitations with the athleticism. That's why he's going to be a second round guy. Yeah. And for Andrew Booth, 
there's there's some health concerns with him. He's now had surgery on his sports hernia twice. He's had core surgery twice. So that's not good. So you, you're all of a sudden really worried about that as well. So of the corners that you would pick in the first round, or let's just say if you're the Jets, of the corners that you would think, okay, like maybe they'll be available for, the, for us at the top of the second round that you would feel great about, you probably don't have as much faith that that's going to happen from the conversations that we have heard over the last couple of days. The corners were going to go pretty high in the first round. So at that point, Stingley goes three. You think to yourself, all right, well, the Giants, the Falcons, and the Seahawks could all take a corner before us at 10. I think it was a change of the draft strategy where they went, we're going to go get a lockdown corner at four. We're going to get a damn good wide receiver at 10. And then we're going to see what we can do about edge rusher potentially getting aggressive at the back end of the first round. And whether it was Jermaine Johnson or not, or it could have been Arnold Libicati, it could have been David Ojabo, it could have been Boye Mafe, it could have been Drake Jackson, whoever. I felt like the Jets did a really great job pivoting what was going to be the most beneficial for them from a draft plan perspective. And that's why they're big winners to me, even beyond just the players they got. So I like them a lot for that, for that reason. Yeah, no, I think you're right with the corner strategy. I think it really was something that typically they would not do, but they love sauce and who didn't love, I couldn't find anybody. I do love ranch. I, I, I couldn't find anybody that didn't like sauce Gardner. Um, So I think it was the matter of, Maybe this isn't typically the direction we go, but we love the player. We feel good about the player, and we feel good about how the draft, like you said, Trevor, starts to turn at other positions rather than quarterback that we still need. So Another, another uh, draft that I really love was the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they, they started the night sitting at 29 and 30. You knew they weren't going to pick back-to-back at the back end of the first round. We heard that they were going to be a team that was going to be aggressive. We thought about Jameson Williams. Okay, are they going to move up for him? Probably would have taken too much to move up. Now, the Detroit Lions moved up from, tw- from 32 to 12 to go get Jameson Williams. And so I didn't think that was going to happen, but no. that ends up being the case. KC Chiefs, though, they trade up from 29. They go to 21. Get damn good cornerback, damn good secondary player. I'm not even just gonna limit him to being a corner. Right. I think it's just exactly gonna be a right. damn good secondary player for them. We were talking on the PFF live draft show, and I can't remember if it was if it was Chris Collinsworth or who 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 brought this up and said this, but they think that Trent McDuffie could play that Tyron Matthew yep. freelance role in the secondary, where you just trust this guy's football IQ and instinct so much you let him do what he needs to do. I think that that could be the case with Trent McDuffie, and so I love that pick. And then one of the best value picks the entire first round, probably the best value pick, if you ask me, according to my board, George Karloftis going 30th to the Kansas City Chiefs. That hits two major needs, a corner need and an edge rusher need, but they do them with fantastic talent players. I had George Karloftis as a top 15 player. I believe he was 12th on my board. I, I think he's a damn good edge rusher, man. I understand that he wasn't for everybody, certainly in the pre-draft process. Some people didn't like the inflexibility that he had, that he wasn't as bendy as other pass rushers, but he is strong. The hands are violent. He's going to be able to step in right away and be a workhorse edge rusher for that Kansas City Chiefs defense, something that they desperately need, along with just the new blood in general. So two fantastic defensive players going to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that Brett Veach did a really nice job navigating this first round. 
All right, my last winner is the Detroit Lions. You talked about them going up and getting JMO. I, I just think that the Lions are a team traditionally when I think of them, and I've, I know this feeling well, Lions fans, because I've thought about it for the Jets for a long time. I've thought about it with the Giants recently. I've thought about it with a lot of teams that pick high in the draft. You think of the team, and it's very hard for you to think of an identity player or a blue-chip talent or somebody that scares you or somebody that you're excited when you turn the TV on to watch them. And... With the Lions walking out of this draft with Aiden Hutchinson and Jameson Williams, now I think they got guys on both sides of the ball. That when I think of the Detroit Lions, I think of Aiden Hutchinson. I think of him sacking the quarterback and closing out games. I think of Jameson Williams catching 50-yard touchdowns. I think that the Lions knew last year that they just needed football players. They need to load up on average starting talent, and that's okay. And Penny Sewell's a different, but obviously a cornerstone tackle, but I'm talking outside of that pick. Um, and they, you know, they hit on a nice pick on Amon Ross St. Brown as well. But now I just look at the Lions and I go, okay, I'm starting to see where the blue chip talent is going to fall. It's at positions that I put a high priority on. They put a high priority on. And I think the Lions have the right thing going. I, I think, of course, the story with them when it's crunch time is eventually going to be, is Jared Goff enough to get you over? And I know a lot of people instantly say no to that. We're, we're you know, we'll see what this year brings. And if not, then let's see what next year's quarterback class can bring for you. So I like the Lions' aggressive nature to not be one of those rebuilding teams that's like, we'll just take 12 players every year and we hope we have a good roster. Instead, they actually decide to be aggressive and, and go get a dynamic game-changing offensive threat to pair with their defensive game-changing threat. So I think people will notice that neither of us had the Baltimore Ravens on this. And I wanted to talk about the Ravens for two different reasons. One, they ship off Marquise Brown to the Arizona Cardinals, which yeah. Lamar Jackson, not happy. Uh, Lamar Jackson's look, I, I get that Lamar Jackson's not happy that Marquise Brown is gone. How did the Ravens get 23 overall for Marquise Brown? Well, because do I have to say it? What's it's a Ponzi scheme. I it's mean, a Ponzi what are, scheme. What are we doing? It's a Ponzi scheme. What are the Cardinals doing? They paid 20. Marquise Brown in his own draft went 25th overall. He he is in the final year of his rookie deal. So you are yep. about to have to pay him. <laughs> the, the Ravens are about to have to pay him. They're probably going to pick up the fifth-year option on him because they have to now at this point. But they're now going to cash out on this guy, and they traded the number 23 overall pick for him to give some chemistry with Kyler Murray. I get it Kyler Murray played with Marquise Brown, so you think you're, you're, you're oh, it's a good fit. doing justice by Kyler Murray. You get the speed, the deep deep threat element, and so you know, you've know you got the all-around wide receiver in uh, DeAndre Hopkins. you got the deep threat in Marquise Brown, but I just thought the value was crazy, man, especially because you're about to have to pay Marquise Brown. So I yeah. thought the Ravens did an excellent job. If they were going to move Marquise Brown, moving him to the team that was going to pay the most for him because they needed to, getting a really great draft pick back for him, and then the picks that they had that they selected. Kyle Hamilton, which I really liked. Gnarly pick. Back, which was, yeah. uh, it was, I, I love the player. I also love the fit, and they're really emphasizing safety play after going and giving Marcus Williams the money they did in free agency. The Tyler Linderbaum one is interesting because on the surface level, what did he go? 25? Didn't they pick 25? 24. They picked, they picked, no, they picked 25th. 
because they traded back to 23 and then they moved back two spots when the Bills wanted to trade up to go get Kyrie Allen. They picked Tyler Linderbaum at 25. Objectively versus the big board, fantastic selection. Tyler Linderbaum, fantastic football player. Yep. The problem is, Connor, Tyler Linderbaum, the worry about him going into this draft was size, overall size, yep. and the strength that he would have with it. Six, barely over six foot two, 296 pounds. But that was the sixth and the fifth percentile for interior offensive linemen in the NFL. The wingspan, first percentile, the arm length, first percentile. So this is a very much, very much a smaller interior offensive lineman who predicated off of movement skills, yep. zone blocking concepts. That is not what the Ravens do. The Ravens offensive line is beef. Every single player along their offensive line is 315 pounds or bigger. And when you look at Tyler Linderbaum, you've got some PFF stats here. Uh, Anthony Tresh tweeted these out after the pick was made. Tyler Linderbaum's career at Iowa. 169 gap, gap scheme snaps. 765 zone, guy. zone gaps or zone snaps. Baltimore's run game is predicated on gap scheme plays. Almost 70% of their run plays are power and gap scheme plays. So this is a player who I understand why the Ravens did this. Their philosophy is to pick the best player available. But Linderbaum is not what they do. He's just he's just straight up not what they do. And so he's just going to have to be a different blocker, which I think there were already concerns with him going into the NFL. And I don't know, man, I, I just, I like what the Ravens did. I think Eric DaCosta did a great job navigating the draft, making some tradebacks, getting two really great football players. But I really wonder about how Linderbaum's going to end up with the Ravens. So that's kind of why he just, they, they weren't on my list because I, I have a question about that and how well that's going to fit. They're one of the teams that you almost cross off for. Right, them and the Titans. Yeah, it, it, yeah, you're right. Them and the Titans. Um, you know maybe, where you look at it. Two, but you look at it and you're just like, wow. Uh, you know, I mean, he's a great player, and I, I would imagine that he's going to be okay. But it's definitely a little bit of a surprise. Uh, and you know, you go back to the Arizona thing. You know, you got to be careful what Hollywood because Hollywood Brown is ascending according to the stats. Right, he had his first thousand yard season. Man, it was on almost 150 targets. It, you know, right. the yards per reception were down. So right. I just, he was a target monster there because they didn't have anyone. Rashad Bateman came back late for right. injury. Right. It's a good fit in Arizona. I just, you're right. Paying the 23rd overall pick for that guy that you're going to have to pay. I like the player going to Arizona. Yeah. I don't like the process of how they went about doing it. Now, I guess they technically were in a spot where were they 7-0 and last year. So, I'm sure they think they're close. I'm sure they think that the division is theirs for the taking. No Russell Wilson, right? Yep. Uh, maybe they can. They believe that they can hang with the Los Angeles Rams and flip at the coin. Things end up differently. They win the division. They win in the playoffs. Like, I'm sure they think they're there. So this is the move that they're trying to make. But I don't know. I'm just. I not think there's also there. a lot. I think there's a lot of turmoil there with Kyler Murray. Honestly, for sure. For and sure, yes. There's a lot of turmoil there with Kyler. You obviously are, are you extended Cliff, so you bought into Cliff for the short term at least. I, I think they just have a lot of issues, and they're trying to 
address them with these moves and i, I don't i don't know if it's enough trevor i i don't know if it, i hate to be you know just on a hopefully optimistic night for cardinals fans I, I just don't know if it's enough in this era and i just wonder where it goes from here so uh, do you have any other storylines you want to hit other picks anything like that no i i mean i think we're we're gonna have our hands full recapping night number two um there was obviously a lot going on and we'll put a bow on this thing by really going deep into it throughout the week but that was the big thing for me, just the teams that stuck out and, and really won this thing. Um, and, you know, obviously the games have to be played, but it, you can judge a draft right away because you understand teams or team. You see how teams understand the board, how it's going to go, the value. Um, Bucks didn't make a pick, right? Bucks did not make a pick. They start, make things, a pick. Say they start things off beginning of day two. I, I do want to hit on quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Uh, and no other quarterback goes in the first round. Well, I thought that that was absolutely wild. But it's kind of crazy, right? Because we all had our evaluations of this quarterback class. And we said to ourselves, this is not a great quarterback class. But then we said, we know the league is going to pick yep. more than more than one or two. Like, that's just the way that things are. And it turns out, nobody wanted to. Nobody traded back up for these guys. Nobody... Wanted to get the fifth-year option. Nobody's no. that desperate. And in fact, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they didn't move anywhere in the draft. They stayed at number 20, and they picked QB1. In 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 this day and age of football, the Steelers needed a QB badly above anything else. And they stayed at 20 and picked QB1 off the board. That is almost unfathomable. It was Kenny Pickett, and I'm not going to lie to you, Connor, I don't even know if Kenny Pickett beats out Mitch Trubisky for the starting job. Yeah, you know I'm what that, worried about. This yeah, thing. I'm worried about it, man. At that pick, it's fine. Um, I think Kenny will be fine there. It's it doesn't really you know get you jacked up. Um, I'm glad they didn't move for him. I think they were smart to be patient. I I do agree with the idea that with Mitch there, why not take Malik and let Malik sit that to me and you're talking with somebody with me that I, I had kenny over malik by a spot i mean whatever it's one's upside one's floor the point was to stay away from this quarterback draft but i, I yeah it didn't really make sense right it's you know i think and i keep as someone that keeps saying kenny's gonna be fine there i just think you you draft kenny if you didn't sign trubisky but you sign trubisky and you think you can get the production out of him that you're going to get out of kenny why not take the swing from a league so it's an interesting one i'm not really i don't really feel strongly about it either way and i hate to say that about anything because i know we're in the entertainment business where we always have to huff and puff either way mm -hmm. but the steelers draft i just kind of shrugged and was like it doesn't really make them that much better it's, it doesn't really like make them a, a scary threat in the afc but it right. also wasn't outright stupid yeah so look i i understood the logic of the pick all the things around it I, it's not the pick that i would have made but at the end of the day no they i don't think any of us would have. they didn't trade any extra draft capital to move up to get him and the pick that they picked him with was number 20 right so yeah. I, it, like even if it doesn't work out you are right it's not like they burned so many things it's not like they're sitting here like the san francisco 49ers who won't play Trey Lance for some reason or like won't commit to Trey Lance and you're over here like buddy you are three first round picks into this guy yeah we need <laughs> you I don't care how bad he looks you better throw him out there and figure out what you got so they're not in that situation uh as I'm kind of scrolling here kind of just doing a quick little recap of some other teams Iki Aquanu man 
Love the fact the Panthers were able to sit at six. Killer draft. Sorry, Panthers fans, that we put you through mock draft hell for months and you got my favorite player in the entire draft this i was... will fill out the apology form next week as promised i i might hold you to that i might even make I you read that it. out on the show green I, bay I, what about green bay Go stinker on. stinker mm. draft sucked um mm. now Devontae we're getting wyatt, some emotion Devonte wyatt fi- yeah I'm, I'm back now i got my second winder in the show i was yawning before it's not and it's not trevor's fault it's just it's been a day folks we're getting into the 3 a.m window soon man Devonte wyatt's a fine player i don't i actually we've mocked him there to green bay all the time and i'm not even one of those people that's like oh they didn't get aaron Rodgers a wide receiver everything's ruined i mean i just don't get the pick man in quay, in quay walker i just you have campbell he's what you want quay walker to be quay walker to be right right i i don't understand i don't understand like you, you, why didn't why didn't you move up? And everybody's like, "Oh, that's not what they do." Where has this gotten them the last couple of years? Where's it gotten them? Asking Aaron Rodgers to play hero ball. I I just are we in for a reality check with Green Bay this year? I like, there's we, no Devontae I thought, Adams. I thought we were in for a reality check last year. I thought we were in for a reality check last year with Green Bay. Yeah, but and they didn't but, make it. They didn't make it to the Super Bowl. It was the last dance. And guess where it got them? I mean, what what are we celebrating here round. with Green Bay? That they make it to the playoffs? I, I just with, yeah, with my Rogers. expectations for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, who I is think is incredible, like truly. Th- this is disappointing, and my expectations for them are cool. He'll win a crappy, you'll di- win a dog crap division, dog crap, and then you get to the playoffs where the big dogs are, and you go, oh. Maybe we should actually like be a little aggressive in the draft. I, I just, man, I don't know. What am I? Of, there's not a lot of wide receivers left either. What are they gonna do? I, I don't know. Like, I mean, what are we? I, wide, what do they? What is the wide what receiver is their one plan? For Sammy Watkins, right? Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Oh my God! I forgot they lost Valdez Scantling. Nope. Yeah, don't have him anymore. And, and you know what? You almost look at it and go, Rodgers will make it work somehow. Of course he will, because he's incredible. But making it work is a thing during the regular season. Guys don't make things work during the playoffs. That's when the talent wins football games. I just, man, they've got a good defense. they got a really good player in, Devo- in, in obviously, Devontae Wyatt. They got somebody that can be a good player, and he's not one right now in, in Quay Walker. He's fine. He's not a good player right now. He's not instinctive. He gets stuck in traffic. He's a big athlete. And he was one of the, the least impressive players on that amazing defense. Sorry. Nicobe Dean was better. Jordan Davis was better. Jalen Carter was better. Devontae Wyatt was better. Lewisine was better. There was a lot of games where Darion Kendrick was better. Who's not even like a sixth round player in this draft because he ran a four seven five forty. I know I'm being like really ridiculous right now, but I just I just don't understand that pick. First linebacker off the board, too. First linebacker off the board. It's pretty crazy. Pretty Man, crazy. there was there's so many things they could have done to become a a more a scary playoff team. And that I don't know, man. It's just I love, frustrating. I love the Charles. On another note, I love the Charles Cross pick by smart the, pick 
Seattle yeah. Seahawks. I thought that that was great. Uh, they didn't go off the wall, which I absolutely loved. Uh, it was funny. I feel like the the most common pick combination for the New Orleans Saints was some order oh combination God. of Chris Olave and Trevor Penning. And Trevor Penning, and over and over again. And it happened. That, that's what you really love to see. You do. Because it, it's like, and we obviously we were lower on Penning, but it was like, hey, it, that happened. Yep, cool. Sure, right, and you move on. And you just move hey, on. Let me throw one last one at you. Sure, yeah. What did you think of Kenyon Green going to the Texans in the top 15? Dude, it was so funny because Chris Collinsworth was on the desk with us for night one, and he loves Kenyon Green. He, he I loves Kenyon I mean, he's a likable player. Green. Yeah, no, I know, but he he absolutely loves Kenny Green. And when Kenny Green went 15, he was like, that's it. That's the pick. They killed it. What a draft. And I'm like, all right, okay. Like, I wasn't expecting Kenny Green to go until the 20s, but Me he too. ends up going 15 to the Houston Texans. I, look, good offensive lineman. Houston needs offensive lineman. That's about as deep as it is. It ain't that I, deep. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. Especially with the top three offensive tackles already off the board like is zion johnson maybe better at his job as an interior offensive lineman than kenny green might be as an offensive tackle or an offense or an interior offensive lineman maybe but at that point it's not like it's egregious to me no i had 125 and zion 27 so it was like whatever but it right. was i just looked at it and i was like is this a pick you can make as the texans right now dude yeah of course like it felt like a pick that like there's also the Cowboys a super, it's super Patriots pick, you know? Yeah, but they're so far away. They're so far away. It was fine. I didn't completely kill the pick. I like Kenyon Green at guard. I really do. I think he moves people out of the way in the wrong game. They couldn't run the football at all last year. It wasn't like a bad, bad pick. It was just like, oh, okay. I did not have Kenyon Green in the top 15, but it's you like the player. So you just right. kind of shrug like, eh. uh, Tyler Smith going to the Cowboys. Really like that one. I was a big fan of that. I think he's going to play and left I, guard next to I saw people killing Smith. it. Why? And I was like, man, no. They invest in the offensive line. And if you're going to invest in the offensive line in that range, take a young guy with a, yeah, a ton of upside. What the hell? No, yeah. no, no. That's a good development of guy. Put him next to Tyron Smith. Let him. Uh, Not every first round pick needs to be like slam dunk blue chip impact guy. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars who probably wanted Quay Walker at 33. I had seen that over the last couple of days. Yeah, and they got the better player. Saw Quay Walker go off the board at 22. And, you know, N'Kobe Dean, for as good as he was in college and for as great as his film can sometimes seem like it is, his measurables, not every team was going to be in on him. That was, sure. just a, that was just a fact. Perhaps the Jaguars were one of those teams that weren't super in on N'Kobe Dean. So if you see Quay Walker go off the board – they they probably were saying to themselves, okay, we we really wanted a linebacker at thirty three. We got to get aggressive, go and make sure we get one. And they went up a couple of spots, got out of thirty three, move up with Tampa twenty seven, and go get Devin Lloyd. I actually really like that move for them. They kind of really transform their linebacker room from what it was last year. So I thought that that was good on them. I also thought it was good on the Buffalo Bills to get aggressive and go get CB two. You know, we both thought that they were going to go with a running back if they were going to stick at twenty five, but Turns out this was, in fact, the year, right? We we had talked about this a lot during the pre-draft process. It's like they've had a cornerback need before, and they haven't addressed it. Will they do it this year? Turns out they did. And for them to get a starting caliber man coverage corner in the 20s, I think is a 
big win for Buffalo. I really do. A team that's got Super Bowl aspirations, doesn't have a ton of holes, and they fill it with a damn good player here at 23. I love this move. Yeah, Elam's a nice player. I'm really intrigued to see how he adjusts in that zone scheme, like how he looks. And I, it might help him is what I'm saying. So that was an interesting one. I like Devin Lloyd to Jacksonville. I was a big fan of that. I obviously like, loved Dax Hill to the Bengals. My God, that might be my favorite pick of the first round. Dude, but... I'm worried about that pick. Really? Why? I'm worried about that pick because I, th- I, I think it feels like they're not going to pay Jesse Bates. Oh well, that yeah. I mean, and if, if you're drafting, that, if you're if yes. you're drafting Dax Hill just to replace Jesse Bates, what are you gaining? Pay yeah, Jesse we'll, Bates. We'll you drafted. You drafted the good football player. I Go know. pay him. You're in a winning window. That's I the know. part that they, look. I, you know, I love Dax Hill. And oh, I know what you're saying. They can't play. It. The thing is, they can't. They can't play. Dax, Dax Hill can do two things really well, right? That's what his versatility was going into this draft. He could be a rangy free safety for you because he's got really nice athletic ability and ball skills. He's got a high football IQ as well. So you could play him in space and you could be very happy with it. Or you could play him as a slot corner. Okay, well, the Bengals have Jesse Bates playing free safety who had an unbelievable postseason last year, was the true back end of their defense who they put, put on the franchise tag and Jesse Bates was not happy about it. And their, yeah. and their, their slot corner is Mike Hilton. Connor, Mike Hilton yeah, can't you're play right. anywhere you're else. Right, you're right. No, I know. I know. So if, unless they are putting Dax Hill at outside corner, corner yeah. instead of Eli Apple, what are you doing with this pick other than trying to save money in your pocket for a good player you should be paying? Man, I mean, you're right in the you're right in Cincinnati, dude. You should march down and be like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> that's that's so. my. You know, I love Dax. No, Hill, you're this no, one you're no. You made bit. a good point. You made a really good point. That would be concerning to me. I would not like that aspect of it. Last one I want to touch on before we close on and mm-hmm. finally sleep. Um, how about Jahan Dotson going 16th? F- figure Jahan Dotson would go in the first round, but uh, uh, Ron Rivera marches to the beat of his own drum. That's all I'm gonna well, say. Whatever, why, yeah. whatever you think Washington's going to do every year. Yeah, it's different. Probably not. It's well, probably I not. found it fascinating that they traded at a, a 11, right? So you had their choice of – this is how you know they really like Drake London and maybe even Garrett Wilson. They had their choice of Chris Olave or Jamison Williams or Traylon Burks. And they traded out of 11 and knew the Saints were coming up for a wide receiver, and they went back to 16 and took Jahan Dotson. So it was like – they were clearly very oh, high. Yeah. They were clearly very high on Dotson to the point where they were willing to pass on Chris Olave and Jamison mm. Williams. That was just it was fascinating to me. And I, and it was tricky because I really like Jahan Dotson the player, and I know you do too. But it was just one of those scenarios where I was like, Man, he's not a first round wide receiver in my eyes. And there was first round wide receivers there and, and they mm. passed and you know, I mean, if they might be right and might get the last laugh in this, but I, it was definitely the most one of the more intriguing picks of the draft. I was like, hmm. That's a great point. That's a good point. Trading out of a wide receiver prime spot just to draft another wide receiver that was probably lower on the list. Ah, a little strange. A little sus. Not sure I'm down with that draft strategy, but hey, like I said, Washington kind of does their own thing. Ron Rivera kind of likes his guys, and he goes after him. Well, there we go. That is uh, That's a wrap. Our, our little recap there of round one of the 2022 NFL draft.
Look, if we didn't spend a ton of time talking about your team, I oh, promise we'll you we're going to get to it over yeah, we'll the next there. couple of days, especially after day two. There's a lot of really great players on the board. We're doubling up on the picks. It's two rounds coming up tomorrow. Connor, I'm very excited for it. Buddy, you need to get some sleep I'm because sleeping. we need to we need to be ready for our shows that we got tomorrow and, of course, the podcast afterwards. But, man, this is a lot of fun. I'm excited. We are right in the thick of it. I'm excited for day two, man. A lot of good players left. Yeah, day two is the best. Day two is my favorite day um, by far. The way it moves, the amount of players left on the board, the strategies, the trades, it's by far the best. So we're going to have even more fun recapping tomorrow. It'll be a little faster. Yep. Like Trev said, we'll, we'll get to your team. Uh, have no fear. And, and we're going to keep this thing rolling. We get to evaluate some draft strategies, total draft hauls over the next couple of episodes here. Very excited to see what teams get to do with that momentum that they had from round one how they are going to bring it into round two we are going to be back with you late in the wee hours after day two of the 2022 nfl draft so that means that we will see you guys tomorrow